All right, hi, hello. It is me, welcome back to my solo road. It's Sydney, yes, we are back. I am currently in Encinitas right now. I have been here for a few weeks. I made some amazing friends, a couple of whom have been on the podcast. But yeah, I've still been in here. I had like doctor's appointments and things to ship. So I'm still waiting on a couple things to get to UPS. And then after March 16th, I think, is one of my doctor's appointments. So after all of that, I can finally get out of here. I'm gonna head to Yosemite and I'm super stoked to do that. I'm probably gonna go to Joshua Tree before that, just because I'm a little antsy to leave right now. Yeah, it's been kind of a little too long in one place, which I'm not always a fan of. But the beach has been amazing. It's incredibly warm here. It's like 75 all the time. So me and the dogs kind of love it because it's easier when you're somewhere warm and you can just like open up the sliding door and let the dogs out versus when you're somewhere freezing, you just want to be in the van huddled up constantly. So it's not really as fun for me. But Today is gonna be all about overnight parking. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. People always ask where I sleep, where you know people who live in vans sleep, how we find places like that, whether it's camping or city parking or you know whatever the case may be. So that is what we are going to be talking about. And I just looked down at my notes. I wanted to address the fact because so many people have asked me about Ella's weight. And I meant to mention that at the beginning. Yeah, Ella has been putting on a few more pounds. If you follow me on Instagram, then you know, she was just like pretty severely underweight. I, you know, some people told me it wasn't that bad. And now I'm looking back at photos from like four months ago and she was pretty thin. Like it's one of those things where you see it every day. So, you know, I don't think that I was very alarmed at the time because I was like, no, that's just kind of her size. But now looking back compared to what she is right now, she was definitely too thin. So at least we are moving away from that. I took her to the vet. She's fine, but I switched up her food and now she's doing much better. So she's good. And Pearl is forever the easiest dog on the planet. So uh, I never really have to worry much about her. The only thing I worry about is like birds and coyotes. So that's why I end up carrying her 90% of the time when we're outside. But yeah, anyway, so I'm good. The dogs are good. A lot of you emailed me about watching Anne with an E, which if you haven't already watched the TV show, it's definitely like a more feminine vibe kind of show. Like if you like The Notebook or something, then you will love Anne with an E. It's very emotional kind of. But yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. I recommended it a couple episodes back or maybe it was in the last one. And I'm getting so many emails from people being like, oh my God, why is there not a season four? Which I'm also wondering. Let's go ahead and grab a drink. I'm doing this in the morning, so I'm having coffee today. And yeah, grab whatever you're drinking and we will get back and talk all about overnight parking and how we do that. Alrighty, alrighty. Uh, We are gonna break this up into two sections, basically two categories. I'm gonna talk all about city parking and how I go about finding good spots in a city to make sure you're not getting in trouble or getting a knock from a police officer or an angry neighbor or I don't know, whatever else, just to make sure you're finding places where you're allowed to sleep. And then I will go into the second half, which is free camping. When you see photos of us, you know, in the middle of nowhere in these beautiful areas, and we're not at a paid campground. I think there's a lot of confusion as to how we find places like that, what it is, where they are and stuff like that. So we'll do city parking first and then I'm gonna go into free camping. So to kind of kick this off, city parking is not my preferred method. I only really stay in cities for times like right now where I have to catch up on the doctor's appointments and 
taking Ella to the vet, you know, to check on her weight, to get packages, like I said, stock up on groceries, water, you know, just do all of those kinds of things. You inevitably have to spend some time in cities. So uh, my favorite way to, like, find a parking spot is not, I guess, like, quote-unquote, allowed, but it's also not not allowed. I park almost exclusively in hotel parking lots. You know, people always lump hotel with hospitals as well. I have never parked at a hospital. I'm not a big fan of that idea because there is this, you know, even though it's a giant parking lot, like this kind of guilty sense of taking up a potential parking spot of someone that might need it. But I don't get that feeling from parking in a hotel. It's just a giant hotel parking lot. No one is in an urgent medical situation where they need a parking spot. So I don't feel guilty doing that. My favorites are Best Westerns, Holiday Inn Express, La Quinta Inn, places that are kind of middle of the road. I'm not looking for a motel. You know, not that motels are bad, but like if I have the options, I'm not going to stay anywhere where there could be any type of trouble. And then I'm also not going to go to like a JW Marriott or some extremely fancy hotel where they will likely have security. But typically, I think places like Best Western, you're good. Like there's no security. There's no parking pass or ticket. You can kind of just pull in. And I I do always make sure to walk the dogs and do what I need to do before I get there. But you can kind of just pull in, you know, keep to yourself, go into the back of your van, sleep, and then wake up and leave. And I have stayed, there's probably like three to five hotels that I have parked at every night for, you know, weeks at a time and nobody ever knew. So, you know, all all in general, I've probably stayed at over a hundred hotels. I've never gotten a knock, like knock on wood, but I've never gotten a knock from a security person, a police officer, a hotel staff. Like it's just never, never happened. I don't think at most Best Westerns, if you're pulling in at 9 p.m., they're not paying close attention. The best way to do this is sometimes to kind of like go on your like satellite maps to see which hotel parking lots are the biggest and which one looks more spacious. Cause if it's a really tight area, you know, sometimes you might have to like drive past the front desk, which is a little bit more risky. But yeah, I just kind of get on Apple maps and look on satellite. You can usually find like three hotels that are right next to each other and they usually will even be sharing a parking lot. So just jump in there, park in between, and then they have no idea. But if there are no hotel options, or if you're not comfortable doing that, you can download an app called Allstays. It's $10 one time, but you it downloads all the information onto the app, which is nice because if you don't ever have service, if there is a time where you don't have service, all of that information will still be on your phone. So you don't have to like have Wi-Fi or internet in order to access the information. But all stays you can filter and you can choose, like they have maybe 50 options and I just filter out. So I only do Walmarts that allow overnight parking, Cracker Barrels that allow overnight parking, Cabela's and casinos. And if you're on the app, all stays, casinos are considered just the words overnight parking. So when you're scrolling through the filter options, you'll see just overnight parking and that's typically casinos. Sometimes that also will include like a park and ride, but park and rides are like little parking lots that you can sometimes stay at overnight, but usually it's casinos. So Walmarts, Cracker Barrels, Cabela's, and casinos, a lot of those options do allow overnight parking. Cracker Barrels being probably my favorite because they're always super nice and they open at like 5 a.m. So if you need to go to the bathroom in the morning or do anything, you can kind of just go in. Anytime I've ever called a Cracker Barrel, I'll, you know, say, hey, I'm traveling 
going through. Is there any way I can park for one night in your parking lot? And they always are like, oh my God, we would love for you to. Like, they don't just say yes. They they like damn near want you to stay there. So Cracker Barrel is a great option. In terms of Cracker Barrels and Cabela's, I do always call and ask because Walmarts, you can kind of get away with not having to go in and ask, but I don't ever like to risk Cracker Barrel and Cabela's because their parking lots are not as big. So I do call them ahead and ask permission, but they always say yes, especially if they're already on all stays. You can even read reviews on all stays to see if they allow it in the past. And yeah, it just kind of makes things easier. So those are also great options. Places I never, ever stay are neighborhood parking, like just lining a neighborhood and like hospitals. I already talked about the hospital thing, but you know, there's a lot of people, especially in California, who will just kind of pull into a neighborhood try and get away with it. And then they end up with a ticket the next morning, a police officer at their door or a neighbor, you know, angrily knocking at like 6 a.m. And uh, there's a few different reasons why I obviously avoid this situation. But my main one being, if I am a mother, like let's just pretend I'm a single mom of three young children and I have this house in California, I'm busting my butt at life. The last thing that I want is a huge white van parked in front of my house for a night or two. You know, although most people in vans are completely innocent, but this person doesn't know that. And if they do have kids or, you know, small children around or the neighbors do, like it would make someone uncomfortable having a big van just parked outside your house. So I have no intentions of ever making someone feel uncomfortable in their own home. I think that that's wrong. I don't like it. Um, And I've heard so many stories of fellow van people getting a knock on the door and they just lay silently until the person leaves, which my dogs would probably bark and then ruin that game anyways. But I I just don't really want a neighbor to come have to knock on my door and be like, hey, I live in this house. Could you please not park directly outside of it? Kind of scary, kind of weird. And so, yeah, I just don't want to put myself in that position. And traveling as a solo woman, my goal in terms of parking ever at night is to reduce the chances of anyone knocking on my door to a zero. And so, you know, I'm not going to put myself in a position where someone's knocking and I have no idea who's at my door. That's not what I don't want to have to figure out. Is it a neighbor? Is it a police officer? Is it someone who's about to break in? You know, there's too many options, some safe, some not. And I don't really want to have to play this game at 2 a.m. of like, do I need to call 911 or is it 911? Is it the police officer at my door to give me a $200 ticket? You know, none of those things appeal to me. So I have no interest in parking in a neighborhood. Many of my friends have gotten tickets that way. So even if you don't care about disrupting a neighbor, like you'll likely have to pay tickets anyways. So I jump into a hotel parking lot. For me, it's the safest option. If I'm in a more rural area, then Walmarts and casinos and Cracker Barrels and stuff tend to be good options. But yeah, no, I don't need to park in a neighborhood. I don't need to disrupt people and potentially risk having a police officer at my door. I did get knocked on maybe once or twice the whole like in the last two years of being on the road and i think both times i was parked at a planet fitness parking lot because i think a lot of people assume if it's a 24-hour gym you can park overnight in the parking lots but they actually do regulate those pretty often on the west coast at least and you can't really do that so like cops will roll in at like 4 a.m they know you're not working out and they will just come and ticket you or bang on your door and so i've had that happen twice both times knowing that I might get in trouble. One of them was in Monterey, which is like notorious for being difficult in parking. Anyways, those are kind of my recommendations. Hotels first, 
Walmarts, Cracker Barrels, Cabela's, and casinos. Hotels are also nice because there's never any other vans there, and I like that. <laughs> like, I don't like pulling into somewhere and there's like 10 different vans because then you could try and open your sliding door to let the dogs out or something, and the you have like two people being like, oh, hey, can I check out that build? Looks nice. And I'm just like, ugh, I, I wasn't prepared for this conversation at 6.30 in the morning, but that's just me. So yeah, that's pretty much all about city parking. If you have questions about that, feel free to reach out and ask. But yeah, I'm personally a big fan. Someone recently told me that parking in hotels was cheating. And I was like, oh, what do you do? And he was like, oh, I park on the street. And I was like, okay, have you had any problems with that? And he was like, well, I got two tickets last week. And I was like, oh, perfect. Okay, I'm going to stick with the hotels, even if you consider that to be cheating. I'd rather not pay hundreds of dollars. So before I jump into camping, I'm trying to figure out how I want to best do ads. Yeah, I don't really like the whole like putting them in later. It sounds too much like an ad for me. So anyways, I've been doing BetterHelp. So now I feel like I can talk about it a little bit more authentically. Oh, this is also an ad. It is sponsored. There you go. FTC guidelines. So if you have not heard of BetterHelp, it is basically an online counseling website platform. One thing I did have to give up when I came onto the road was therapy. It's really hard to visit a therapist every week when you are traveling and you're moving around constantly, obviously. So that was one thing I had to give up. I wasn't really psyched about that. So BetterHelp kind of came into the picture recently, and I've now been in counseling for a few weeks with a lovely counselor named Kayla. She specializes in anxiety and self-esteem. Love her. We have video sessions like two or three times a week, and I can even like message her if I'm having a breakdown. I can just message her and be like, hey, this is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling, and she will respond right away. And then we can just kind of have like almost a text conversation on my phone, and then we wait until my next video session to kind of dive more into to it, but it has been a lifesaver. It really is so nice. When you're also traveling, you know, I'm with a group of friends one week and then like no friends for several weeks and then another group of friends, you know, two months later. And so having one consistent person to just ramble all of these things, it's been awesome. I'm going way over the 60 second limit right now, but who cares? It's affordable. They offer financial aid and my solo road. Perfect, Ella. You're ruining this ad for me. My Solo Road listeners get 10% off your first month with a discount code DIVINE in all caps. So start today. You can go to betterhelp.com slash divine. You will fill out a questionnaire. It will assess your needs and you will get matched with a, you know, proper counselor for what you're looking for. Yeah, super convenient. Betterhelp.com slash divine. Perfect. Free camping. <laughs> Honestly, I already love doing ads in the middle of this way more than having it all like addy and put in, right? It's more fun. Okay, so free camping. This is my preferred way of sleeping and living in a van, by the way. You know, cities are nice for catching up and like being able to actually get really great coffee and stuff like that. But after a couple weeks in a city, you are 100% over it, especially if you have dogs. Because like I was saying earlier, sliding open my door and then just being able to like lay in bed for an hour and just let my dogs roam around is the most ideal situation. Pearl usually just stays in bed with me, but you know, Ella is a wanderer. So being able to do that is really important and I don't know, just kind of makes my days start off a little better. So whenever you see people sleeping in the middle of nowhere, you know, videos, you see this all over Instagram all the time. It is 99% of the time 
uh, what it is called BLM, like, I don't know, Bob, Lenny, Mary, BLM. It stands for, <laughs> why did I say that when it actually does stand for something? I'm an idiot. Bureau of Land Management. That's what it actually is. And it is essentially public owned land. So it is free land for us to be able to camp on. A lot of people don't know that we have that or that it exists. Many countries have that. Canada has something similar. But it's basically just like, you know, either tens of miles in some areas, but there's many areas like the Alabama Hills where I always go to. There's like hundreds of miles of just endless dirt roads, pull-offs, campsites. I would never expect anything when you get to BLM. Usually there's no picnic table, no fire ring, no bathrooms or amenities, but there are like obvious campsites where you can kind of pull in into this big pull-off that's already off a dirt road, off a dirt road, off a dirt road. And so, yeah, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. If that freaks you out, I would recommend getting into it with a group of friends or with someone else who lives in a van or is traveling. But now that I've been doing it for so long, I feel far more comfortable and more safe on BLM than I do in a city. Because in a city, someone can see me coming out of a Walmart and... <laughs> Ella is moving around a ton. Somebody can see me coming out of a Walmart and you know, see that I'm by myself, see me get into the van, can see my license plate. Like, you know, then I go to a coffee shop, somebody else, like you're just interacting with too many, like, are you know, more people than usual. And there's just more opportunity for a bad person to see you and then watch you where you go to sleep and then potentially do something. When you're on BLM, you see these movies on Netflix where, you know, people are getting killed be from camping in tents. And like, actually that's happened a couple times recently, but it's not common at all. Like usually when you go to BLM, you will drive past some RVs, some other vans, a couple truck campers. And although you don't really talk to anyone, you do like always wave at each other when you drive by. And when somebody drives by your campsite, you, you wave or you acknowledge them in some way. And uh, there's kind of like an unspoken rule of, you know, if I'm going to be murdered and I scream, you'll come save me or like come check it out and see what's going on and vice versa. Like I think camping people are a lot like if you're in any part of like if you're a runner or if you do yoga or like you're in a community at all of any kind, I think you probably understand like that's how the camping community is. We all kind of have each other's backs and even like that it's very unspoken. Like I said, like I don't usually talk to anyone when I'm on BLM, but I just kind of know like I got you, you got me, we're good. And so, yeah, it's just, it's it feels much safer to me in the, in the first place. But whenever I'm on BLM, I get the most amount of messages from people being like, do you not feel terrified to be out in the middle of nowhere? And I'm always like, not even kind of. So how you find BLM. I personally love the website freecampsites.net. That is my all-time favorite website. It's my go-to. I don't even use anything else usually because they have so many options anytime I've ever looked on freecampsites.net. And you can click on a particular spot and you can see photos, reviews, you know, people saying that it was really trashed. There was a ton of trash around or they felt really unsafe or it's this dirt road is now closed. You know what I mean? Like there's people really go into detail and I do always recommend if you are going to use a resource, contribute to that resource. So you need, you should write a review when you 
stay somewhere. You know, even if there's 20 different reviews, somebody might be looking for a more updated one. So it's important that if you're going to use the resource to contribute back to it and uh, just tell people if you had cell service and what carrier you have and things like that, that somebody else coming might need to know. Things that you probably needed to know as well. So anyways, freecampsites.net, my personal favorite. I also, if you want to stay in places that you've seen me stay, like actual campsites that I go to, every single campsite that I've ever been to is on my own website. So it's on divineontheroad.com. And I think it's just slash free dash campsites or whatever. But if you go to divineontheroad.com, you can see like van life. And then under that, you'll see free campsites. And there's just a big map on there. You can kind of scroll around all over the United States and Quebec and uh, see kind of where I stayed. And I have photos on some of them, but there's always like a lengthy review. And I kind of only put obviously the ones on there that I like and that are safe and that I have cell service or I'll put that there's no cell service, whatever. So yeah, freecampsites.net. Or if you want to see mine, go to my website. If you want a different resource, um, you can also use iOverlander or Campendium. Those are two other ones. iOverlander, supposedly the app is a lot better than the website. I have used the website. I hated it, which is why I never ended up downloading the app, but people always say to prefer the app. So if you want to try that out, you're welcome to. Campendium is the other one. And then my friends, Lacey and Bree, own the Van Life app. So you can download the Van Life app. If I'm being fully transparent, I love these girls with all of my heart, but I have heard mixed things on it so far. It is a startup company and they're really trying to kind of get their feet on the ground. But I know sometimes like, you know, my friend has it and I have it as well, but I don't necessarily use it because I have the same problem. But like the front screen will just stay loading. And so you can't really access much of the app because it just ends up loading. But that's another one if you would like to try it or just support my friends. I mean, it's pretty cool. They like have created an entire app. But yeah, so those are kind of all of the options in terms of finding BLM. I I think most people would be surprised how much BLM there is. Like if you're in Southern Utah or anywhere in California, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Colorado, like all of these places have an enormous amount of BLM. It gets a little bit less on in the Midwest and in the East Coast, but it it does still exist out there. So you can still find spots. The BLM is the main reason that I have that slide out table of the back of the van because there are no picnic tables out there. So having that is really nice. And so, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of time on BLM, then consider different parts of your build that, you know, could help. It's kind of also like an unspoken thing. I'm just trying to help anybody out there who's not yet in vans. You got to have camping chairs. Like, everybody just has camping chairs. If you go to a gathering, everybody will just like pull out their camping chairs. And then there's always like that one person who just moved in a van and they're like, shit, I do not have anything to sit on. So that's one thing that you need to get right off the bat. Camping chairs, you'll also use them all the time when you're on BLM just to like, you know, I I will just sit in a swimsuit in my camping chair for like two hours sunbathing, just like staring at the sun, watching my dogs play and stuff. So yeah, that's something else to get. Like I said, incorporate parts of your build, like the slide out table like I have that just kind of allows me to have a table outside when there is no picnic table or anywhere to eat or sit outside and I want to be out there. So yeah, stuff like that. I also am always like, I I always have firewood in here. God, it's probably been over a year since I didn't have any firewood in my van. I just always stay stocked up because there's nothing better than pulling up to a campsite, seeing a fire ring, knowing you're allowed to have a fire there, and then like having a nice little campfire all night. Uh, 
It's kind of the greatest sound and the best way to end your day. So yeah, also stay stocked. So that's city parking. If you're going to stay in a city, highly recommend a hotel. If you are camping for free, I should also say that everything I do is 100% for free. I do not pay for parking. I do not pay for campsites. When you have so many free options, it kind of doesn't really make sense to be paying for anything. And campgrounds are not fun. If you think paid campgrounds are like, you know, oh, I'll just do that. Even if you're just going on like a week road trip, they are not fun at all. You are stacked on top of your neighbors. They fit as many people in as possible. Your dogs can't be off leash, which I know a lot of people don't want their dogs to be off leash anyways, but like if you do have off leash dogs, I mean, they can't run around at all because you're just going to run into other people's RVs and vans. And there's just rules and like silent hours, which, you know, I'm usually asleep by like 8 p.m. anyways, but there's just, it's not as fun. Like you might as well stay somewhere free, not pay $60 a night, have endless miles to roam. You can just walk out your door and go for a hike. Your dogs can do whatever they want. And yeah, so there's so many times where there's like a $70 a night campground and then half a mile away, a completely free campground um, where you're not going to have like right on top of you neighbors and stuff like that. So, I mean, unless you need to hook up for electrical or something, then there's really no reason to do that or need that. Like I recommend having solar panels regardless of what you're in and what you're traveling in. You have to have solar panels. It is the only way that you can go off grid and not have to worry about your batteries draining and stuff. So anyways, I'm going off topic here. So yeah, free camping, BLM, look up uh, freecampsites.net. Again, my website is also a pretty good resource. I mean, everything I've, everywhere I've ever stayed, like I said, was, is on there. So hopefully you can use that as well. And that's all about overnight parking. It's easy. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't stress yourself out about where you're going to be sleeping. I always tell people like there are a lot more good people in this world than there are bad. Obviously there are bad people. Things can happen anywhere, but I have never one time experienced something like someone breaking in or anything happening. Like literally in two years, I have not had one single scare. And I attribute that a lot to being smart about where I am parking. I do not park in places that make me feel unsafe. If I feel unsafe for one second, I leave. I do not stay somewhere like that. I'm not willing to put my dogs at that risk, let alone myself. So if I think that there is even the slightest chance of anything happening, then I will find somewhere else. I've never gotten that feeling from BLM. I have only gotten that feeling in certain places. I've pulled up to a hotel before and, you know, there's like a big group of guys standing around a truck bed, just like chilling. You know, they're probably just like talking and having fun before going into their hotel room, but no, I don't need it. I'm good. Like I pull in, I see them, I wave. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to a different hotel and that kind of thing. So, you know, cities, like I said, are a little bit more risky. BLM for me, I've loved it 100% of the time. And yeah, good luck. I think you'll be fine. Don't put yourself in any position to have someone knock on your door. I do not understand it. If you don't care about someone knocking on your door, then have at it, park in a neighborhood. But I don't see why anybody would put themselves at that type of a risk. You don't know who's at the door. You don't know if it's someone with bad intentions or just a police officer to give you a ticket. If you're getting a knock in the middle of the night, there's not a single good thing that can happen, right? Like you're either being told to move or you're being given a ticket or you're being robbed. No one's coming to your door at 2 a.m. to see what kind of cool tile you have in the kitchen. It's just not happening. 
So yeah, don't put yourself at that risk. But last week I said, or two weeks ago, whenever the last one was, I said I was going to start doing a book recommendation. So I'm just going to start telling you guys what book I'm currently reading. And that will also hold me accountable to read books because my goal right now is to read one book every week. The book I am reading right now is called Spilled Milk by K.L. Randis. I have actually read this book before and I'm really weird and highly interested in true crime. I've mentioned this on here before, but Spilled Milk is like really depressing. And if you don't like true stories about child abuse and assault and like these really disturbing things that are obviously devastating but creepily like fascinating to me then you're not gonna like this book but if you do like stuff like that if you are a complete true crime freak like me then you will love this book it's basically about a little girl who grows up being abused and her father you know assaults her and like it's for people that don't like this, I really don't want to go into into depth, but yeah, it's kind of her story and her experience growing up and how she told social services and then like the court system after that and like the whole entire story. It's not just the bad stuff, but yeah, you will love that book if you're into it. And then hopefully after this week, I will read a more motivating like business entrepreneurship book, but I kind of like to go back and forth. So that is pretty much everything. I've rambled for far too long at the end of this have a great week. Let me know what you're reading. If you have a good book recommendation, I live for them. I, every time someone recommends a book and I think I'll like it, I literally order it on Amazon that day. Um, so there's a high chance that if you recommend a book, I will probably just buy it. Last thing. Okay. I'm sorry. This is a truly, truly the last thing. I woke up the other day and I was like, I don't have any new hobbies. Like when was the last time I just started something completely new. I've kind of lost my practice of yoga and then I'll pick it back up and then I lose it a little bit and then I pick it back up, but I haven't started something brand new since I was probably 13 or 14 years old. Like when was the last time you were just like, you picked up a skateboard and you're like, I think I'm going to be a skateboarder. So I woke up the other day and I was like, I am going to be a painter. Like I'm going to start painting. I'm just going to, I'm going to be the next Bob Ross painter. Like I'm just going to pull up to all these beautiful places I'm going and I'm going to learn how to paint them. I can't paint a stick figure right now, but I'm telling you, mark my words, I'm going to watch every Bob Ross Netflix show and I'm going to start painting the places that I go. I'm full-blown dedicated to this. I went to Michael's the other day, the art store, and loaded up on painting stuff. I did all this research of what I needed. I got all these canvases, acrylic paints. So if you're also a painter and you want to help me, you are more than welcome to reach out and email me. That is divineontheroad at gmail.com. I need tips because I'm not an artist, but I am now because I'm about to be. So I guess moral of the story here is start a new hobby because why Why the hell not? I'm 25 or I'm going to be 25 next week. 25 years old, might as well start painting. Never too late. That's my final thing. Have an awesome week. If you have questions about overnight parking, please do reach out. But I think that this pretty much covered all of it. It's really overthought by many people. It's not a big deal. And again, if you are looking for any type of therapy on the road or online counseling, BetterHelp is a fantastic option. I'll say it one more time, betterhelp.com slash divine for 10% off your first month. Yeah, that's all. Have a great week. I love you all so much. Bye.